0: By week three, we had turned in our application to the state of Florida for AY Luxury Designs to be a certified building contractor.
1: Welcome to Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vincent, and in this show, I interview young business owners, professionals, and entrepreneurs in all kinds of different areas and talk about the things that have made them successful so far and some of the things that they do in their industry. Today, I have my guest, Amani Yusuf, and she is actually the most requested return guest I've ever had. Amani's interview was number five that I did. This will be somewhere in the 20s, and I'll put a link up here for Amani's first interview if you want to get more on her background. But we are here today actually to cover something a little bit different than just your background. You've got a lot going on, so I'm ready to get into it.
0: Yeah, we've definitely had a lot going on lately, especially with the company and just kind of uh, branching out, networking, you know, definitely just finding the groove and, you know, trying to make sure that things stay as systematic as possible.
1: Yeah. So we should start, I think, with just giving a little bit of your background in general, just for those who haven't seen the other interview and definitely check it out if you haven't yet. But what is uh, just kind of a quick surface level coverage of your background up to this point to catch people up?
0: Oh man, that's like
1: <laughs> the big <laughs> th- points because there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, that's it's that's, a two-hour interview for anyone who needs to catch up because there's a lot to cover there.
0: Yeah, it was like your longest interview to date, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a big can of worms we're opening. But to kind of give you a short synopsis, went to the University of Florida. I started my first company when I was there. It was called Gator Dogs. I started out when I was like 18 or 19, something along those lines graduated, moved on to doing uh, medical supply sales for a while, and then became a project manager to an exterior design company for about two, three years, and then ended up opening up my own company Which AY. is,
1: if you're watching on YouTube, which is uh, AY Luxury Designs that you see right here, this is actually Amani's website. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's start, I guess, with how you decided that you wanted to start your own company there. Because you had had the experience of having your own company before, but you were in the luxury design space and you decided eventually that you wanted to go out on your own
0: honestly brody i think you said it best in our first interview which i don't think i've ever heard anyone call me that name but you called me a uh, serial entrepreneur mm-hmm. and i believe you said something along the lines that i just couldn't help it and it's mm-hmm. just who i was and how i handle things and that's it's right and when you said that honestly i hadn't really stopped and took a beat and like I don't really – I reflect on every single day and I reflect on past things and things that have gone wrong or things that have gone really right. And, you know, I try to duplicate those things. But I don't just sit back and think, hmm, what are all my accomplishments every single day? Honestly, I think I don't really give myself enough credit because I'm just like as soon as I check a task off the list, I'm like, ah, that felt so good. Okay, next. Immediately. Next. 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 So I don't even give myself like the second to look back and be like, oh, wow. Wow. Those things are pretty impressive things to be done. In my head, I'm just like the next biggest thing, the next biggest thing, the next biggest thing.
1: There's a future focus.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just always, it's 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 terrible. It's not even like tunnel vision. It's like a sheet of paper, and you poke two holes in it, and yeah. that's just about as uh, as far as I can see when it comes to you know being successful and doing everything that it takes to make sure that every decision you make is done in the best premise possible for yourself kind of situation, right? Like always taking opportunities, maybe turning down some opportunities, things of that nature. So after owning my first company and, you know, having a great time owning it, it was really nice to, you know, not own a company and not eat, live, and breathe the company. And that's when... um, So that's what you
1: got to do to make it successful.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes you have to take a break and Mm -hmm. I didn't have to prove anything to anyone. I already started a company. I started one when I was you know, 18, sold it at 21 for double my initial investment in it. I made my original profit off of that company. Like I turned over and broke even after the first four months. So like it was doing phenomenally. But essentially, you know, doing medical sales and like having it be more of like a corporate ladder. uh, I realized that I just didn't really like the corporate ladder. It was people who are almost and sometimes less, They have less to bring to the table than other people, and they somehow have gotten to the place that they are because of certain things.
1: A lot of it's just playing politics, from what I hear.
0: Exactly. It's not really about all the time. And this is not all cases. It's just some cases, right? Although I love the it's not what you know, who you know era. It's sometimes it's a, it's a good old boy game. It's, it's hard to get in, especially being a woman. And
1: I think that's a good point. If you want to cover it more, what are some of the challenges that you've come across being a woman business owner and a few of the industries you've worked in, namely, I would say the kind of contracting and construction space that you're in now, are kind of traditionally male dominated and yeah. and have been for a while. So, what have been some of the challenges there that you've faced?
0: Oh my God. <laughs> challenges that you're like, you how, lo- even, how long do you have? Yeah. Do you do you have a day or two? <laughs> yeah. like, a month? I, yeah. I, I might have to get on your calendar for the next year. <laughs> uh, honestly, every day is a challenge, right? And I don't really choose to see it as that. The way I see it is it's just building character. And mm-hmm. you know what? Who doesn't love a little bit of a chase, right? Does it get exhausting? It does. And sometimes I just think to myself and I'm like, man, this would be so much easier if I was a man. It would just be so much easier. You'd automatically in some rooms walk in and have much more respect, depending on the room, right? But being a business center who's a female and uh the construction field is hard, right? So a lot of the places where you go to buy the brick or buy things, it's like they're good old boys. Like, they've known these guys for years, and it's a boys' club. And even getting into some of the magazines, you know, if you want to publish any sort of home improvements, you would post it in a magazine or on Craigslist or whichever, which way you do it. We chose to go the magazine route and a couple other ways to market our, our company. But those magazines, it's it's hard to get in them because it's like – it's a boys' club. And it's all about – you know, it's almost like another fraternity, right? It's, it's college, but – with people who are much older and... They've
1: been in the game a long time. They're happy with their connections.
0: And just a little bit set in their ways, mm-hmm. I will say, right? So it was a little bit harder uh, coming to them, and especially, you know, being on the younger side and them looking at me like, why would we put your, you know, after-school special in here? or Like, you know, kind of situation like that. Uh, not not to that extreme, but it was, it was definitely hard, you know, doing that. Luckily, we have made some amazing relationships with uh, a lot of the magazines that we're in. We're in five of the major magazines, and congrats
1: they- on that, by the way. I know that was—we'll get into that a little bit deeper, I think. But that was a huge accomplishment for you.
0: Oh yeah, it was. It was hard. It was the. It was the good old, good old boy thing. But then, you know, when you get into like the paver yard. Um, getting in with them and, you know, even just the guys in the field sometimes, you know, because these are guys that, you know, have been laying brick since they could remember, right? So they're super, super smart and they know how to do their thing. But sometimes things are lost in translation. And being a woman that comes out and is like telling a group of men in their 30s and 40s and sometimes 50s, we even had someone, you know, like in their 60s who are out in the sun all day, you know, essentially day laborers and me coming out there telling them like, oh, actually, it should be done like this because the client this and that or whatever the case may be. It's just a little bit harder. I felt like them taking direction from me when I first started. It didn't matter that I knew more than them about, you know, project managing and what was actually going on with the project because at the end of the day, I am the designer so I designed it. I know every inch, every crevice. I know every angle. Like, I know everything about that project. I, half the time, until the project is sold, I do not know the client's name. And it's not that we don't care about our clients. It's that I see 15 to 20 clients every week, myself, not including the sales representatives or, you know, the project managers. So it's hard to keep up with every single dog you pet and mm-hmm. every kid, you know, you you know, you know play hide-and-go-seek with at at a client's house. But what I do remember is if I just, like, see the layout and I see the 2D, whether it's in my head or on paper, I'm like, I know exactly what this is. So it's harder when they know how to build it better, but you know the project better.
1: You know what all needs to happen to come together, and they know the individual parts of it and how yeah. those need to be done.
0: Yeah, and especially, like, working um, with, like, our pergola team or our screen team and things of that nature. It's just uh, it's a lot to juggle um, not including like, you know, when we do outdoor kitchens, we have to buy granite and it's like, like let's I...
1: take a step actually. So we should explain a little bit more about exactly what it is that you do with your company, because we kind of just mentioned that it's like luxury outdoor design. But what does that mean for your company? What are some of the things that you specialize in?
0: So basically when you say luxury exterior design, we don't mean like million-dollar projects. It doesn't have to be a million-dollar project. I mean, sure, projects can range upwards of $150,000, 200000 and that's if Ooh. you want to revamp the whole thing and you wanted to get a pool and you realize pools are a big waste of money and there's actually a pool in your gated community regardless. That's two streets down, so you end up getting a patio instead. And you want like all the pizzazz, Right. But essentially, what we specialize in is we basically specialize in helping you make the best out of your, like, outdoor area, right? So a lot of clients think that you have to put everything in, like, one area, but you got to help them design it. So we have a group of designers that design the actual project. So we'll meet with the clients, see exactly what they think they want or what they've seen on Pinterest or what they seem that their neighbors have.
1: What it was that kind of drew them to thinking about doing this in the first place, I guess.
0: Honestly, um, a lot of it is just just wanting to love your outdoor space. I mean, since COVID happened, people realize how important it is that your home be your sanctuary and be your little outdoor oasis. You know, you want it to be somewhere where you can go and have some peace of mind because you were spending every living second at your house. So it's just how things became and people realized like whoa my house has value this isn't just the place I lay my head at night and then I get up and just the next day and the days go so fast and the last thing you saw was the ceiling of your bedroom and like that's it right so you don't want it to be like that now it's where you want to enjoy where you live you want to have friends come over you want to have birthdays bar mitzvahs You know, you want to have gatherings, you want to have your daughter's wedding ceremony or whatever the case may be, if it's a small family function, you want to be able to enjoy it.
1: So as part of that design process, as they're kind of talking the client through what they want, is part of it just figuring out, kind of getting to the bottom of what they plan to use the outdoor space for and figuring out what kind of things that would mean for them to have in their backyard?
0: Well, actually, I, I love that you said it that way, like getting them what they want. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not always about getting a client what they want, right? Sometimes it's about getting a client what they need.
1: Yeah. Um, and they probably don't know what they want in a lot of cases, I would think.
0: Exactly. Because, like, listen, we don't expect you to have been someone who has done construction for 35 years and know exactly what you want. We can come over and you can show me something off of Pinterest and I can tell you that is something that you can totally do. Mm-hmm. It's totally available or absolutely that's going to cause some issues with permitting, and that's actually just someone did that at home, and it would never pass inspection. We can't do that, right? Right. So there's things of that nature, but there's also times where clients think that they need all these things, right? So they make the, me this long, like, list, this fairy tale list of I need this and this and this and this and this, and they just they they're thinking they have to spend all this money to get what they need, and our job is not to sell, like. Literally the first day you get hired at my company, you will meet with me, and I will tell you as a sales rep that your job is not to sell. You're not a sales rep. You're a luxury designer. Your, your job is to go there, design what they ask for, and figure out the best way to get the bang for their buck. I don't want to go out there and take millions of dollars from people for things that they don't need. Mm -hmm. No, they're going to hate it. They're going to think back, oh, man, why did I spend this money? They're going to have
1: buyer's regret if you do that. Exactly.
0: The point isn't to cram as much stuff down their throat like a car salesman. The whole point of that is to actually sit down with them, ask them what they want, and really filter with your experience filter what all of it sounds like a need and what sounds like a want and what just sounds like what their neighbor has and they kind of think is cool mm-hmm. right so then you tell them okay well this is what i've heard i heard you list off um a pergola outdoor kitchen this 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 do you really think that you need a griddle and a grill at your outdoor kitchen there's actually an insert we can give you for free just to be nice i'll buy it for you to put it on top of the grill and make it a griddle so instead of you spending this extra three thousand dollars on the griddle how about we fifteen hundred dollars? extra in lights and make it just pop. And that way you saved $1,500. You could have spent 3000 on this thing that you did not need, a griddle and a grill. It's That's so space consuming. That's an additional four feet on your.
1: And, and any kind of sales, something I've observed, and way, I'd like you to weigh in on this a little bit more as well because you have a lot more experience in sales than I do. But just talking to a lot of people in sales, something that I've really observed is that The more that you make it about educating and helping the client, the more lasting power that has. The more that helps you actually build a sustainable, long-term business because people are going to recommend you, come back to you, tell tell their friends about you if you do right by them.
0: That's that's so funny. That's actually uh, that's that sounds like you're basically explaining the first day of training. At my company, really? that's okay. literally how I train them. They walk in, I tell them, your job's not to sell. And they're like, what do you mean? Isn't that how I'm going to make commission? Well, yeah, but if you want to make commission and then just burn through territory and human beings and make them hate you, yeah, sell them. That's not the point. The point isn't sell them, it's to give them, you know, what they actually need, right? But then also on top of that, um, what you touched on was getting in touch with the clients, When we first come about, we go outside for maybe 10, 15 minutes. We get the measurements of the house, see what the client wants. Then we go inside and I sit down with them and I unfold, unpack. What is it that's going on? What do you need? Kind of get in touch with them. We get to know their puppies. One of my older clients had a dog named Rex and it was just like the cutest dog in the world. It was like this big. And, you know, sit down and really get to know them, right? Get to know them, make that connection with them. And after you do that, Now it's time to educate them. It's not time to sell them. Our job when we go in there is to literally educate them and be like, this is what good paving looks like. And we have an iPad and we'll be like, this is what good paving looks like. This is what bad paving looks like. Like you cannot pave like this. This shouldn't be the way that things get done. Just so you know, I know that you're going to have two other contractors at least come in because everyone gets three bids. And I think that you should get three bids. And I love when they go out and get other bids because they have other contractors come by that like are so frazzled and they're like, you know, been running their company for like 40 years and they're writing invoices on yellow piece of invoice paper and just handing it to the client like, all right, you want that square and and a fire pit? You want to upgrade? No, cool. Mm $6,000. And with us, we sit down and we, you know, what do you need? What do you want? Okay, we'll watch this.
1: You really take your time with it and like... Exactly. And walk them through it rather than just making a sale.
0: Exactly. You walk them through it. You make sure they understand it. It's like going to buy your first car for the first time, right? You took your dad or your mom. You took somebody. Most people don't go alone, right? Mm -hmm. And if you did go alone, you went to like 16 car dealerships and learned everything you needed to know about that car because you were just so independent. You wanted to go on your own or maybe you didn't have anyone to go with and you had to be independent. Um, but either way, it's a scary experience. Mm-hmm. These people are, are spending, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100, $200,000 on a their lot. patio. Whether you're spending $10,000 with us or you're spending $100,000 with us, you are going to get treated the same. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, before every single closing that I go to, I have no idea the price of the job. I've never known.
1: It makes sense if you have the perspective of just doing right by them and making sure they get what they need and not what they want. Because if you are just focusing on getting them what they want and closing the sale, you're going to come in and they're going to say, okay, I need a fire pit, a patio. You're going to be like, oh, I remember that
0: $36,000 job. No, that's that's not how it goes. So basically um, anytime I pull into a client's driveway and I'm getting ready to go into a closing, right, So finalizing their documentation, making sure everything is just right, just going over those, like, final little details, right? Um, I have absolutely no idea how much their job costs. I swear on everything, I couldn't tell you if it's a $10,000 job or a $60,000 job. What I know is I know the client's name. I probably know their dog's name. I probably know their kid's name. I know what they like to do for free time because that's what we're talking about while we're there, right? And I know every single measurement of their job. Now, I could probably ballpark in my head like, okay, 600 square feet, but, you know, there's also like depth and slope and things like that. You don't know
1: like what kinds of things are going to be included in the project yet. I mean, I kind of do
0: because I present it to them. So whenever you get – the way I structure our estimates is um, they're all, you know, like individually itemized um and then that way you know exactly where your money's going i don't want to just be like $25,000 and you're like well what's this for and you're like oh everything no yeah. no 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 ours is like this item costs this much this item costs this much uh this labor costs this this costs that and like whatever you would like you can take off mm-hmm. and whatever you want you can keep on it is a totally like not aggressive process You choose what you want to do and, like, let's move forward with that.
1: Transparency of prices like that, like extreme transparency of prices goes so – such a long way with the consumer. Transparency
0: in general goes so far with our consumers. With every single client, we are absolutely so transparent. We're transparent about price. We're transparent about, uh, you know, good contracting versus bad contracting, which is a huge deal because they've called – two, three, four, five, six other contractors here. Not one of them has taken the time to sit down and talk about what they actually need or what they need to look out for. All they're wanting to do is take money out of their pocket, walk out, do a half-assed job, and move on to the next project. But when you do that, you're going to get calls in three months, four months, five months, in a week. And every single week, you're going to get a call from every single client you did a month ago, fix this, fix this, fix this. How about we take the time to do it right the first time. time around and I know super, super stretch, super hard to understand. You will have better clients and your clients will want to work with you and they will give you more referrals and you will spend more time making new money and not fixing your old mistakes if you just take the time. Mm -hmm. And that's why the full transparency thing. Love it. Absolutely love it. Our clients, they want to come into the office, come into the office. You want to come to the job site. You want to sit there and watch all day. I mean, I'd prefer you not to because the guys are just working real hard while you're watching them, you know, sipping a nice tea. But, I mean, if if that's what knocks your socks off, Mm -hmm. go ahead, right? The prices, how it's built, like if someone sat with you on the first time and explained to you how something was built, they care about you making the right decision. And here's the deal. Now we're so transparent about good building and bad building. If we did it the wrong way, you would catch us. Mm -hmm. So all it's doing is it's just deterring them from signing with other companies that do it the wrong way and who are trying to bamboozle them. So in turn of you just doing the right thing and making sure they don't get bamboozled with their project that they're spending their savings on. These are you know, husbands, wives, families. They work hard for their money. They've went to school, graduated. They're living the American dream and they live in Shearwater and they live in World Golf Village and they're your next door neighbors and all they wanna do is build something nice for their family. And if you can teach them the right way and the wrong way and you take the time to help them understand the process, like buying your first car and knowing the difference and things of that nature, they're going to sign with you anyways. Even if your price is a little higher, they're going to sign with you. And the fact that with us, when you get assigned with somebody like a designer, that designer follows you from step one all the way to the final walkthrough of your job. They will design it. They will help pull the permits to the job. They will come to the job site on every single day and check up on you. If they call you and you say, hey, you don't have to come, then that's a special case. But we will stop at every job site every day and you will deal with that same person who speaks perfect English and answers all of your questions and has a just inventory of information about your project and other things, material lists, Things that you can and can't do things of that nature just bringing that to the table and that being like your personal designer in a sense yeah even though it sounds like a really expensive thing to do it's free we don't charge you to do that because it's you know what that does that makes sure that my company doesn't waste material we don't need to waste that makes sure that my company is doing the job right the first time we're not building a square instead of a circle you know things of that nature the, all these things i'm doing don't get me wrong they're for our clients But they're more for us.
1: And they, I mean, they also make it feel incredibly personalized for the client. Like if they have a personal designer, anytime that you're dealing with something that highly customized, having someone really, really take the time and walk you through it is incredibly effective.
0: And we actually have a policy. I, we won't build the same patio twice. So that's like a company policy. So
1: that's kind of cool. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'll have a lot of clients call me and, you know, I'll come over and they'll say, well, you did John's patio next door. Yeah, I did. We just want exactly what he has. You want the same pergola, the same outdoor kitchen, the same everything. Yep, same thing. And then I'm like, all right, listen. Your house is more of like – like like has more like octagon shapes. Like, like the bump out of the master is a little bit of like an octagon shape. And you have this and this and this. What if we give you all the same features that he has or that you want? But what if we change up the design just a little bit? No, I don't want the design changed. Okay. well, what about if we add some lights instead? Just something to make it different. But we will not build the same patio twice. And again, it sounds super expensive, but it's not. Because if you get three quotes from three reputable companies, I'm not talking about some kind of truck, if you get three quotes and you take my company's quote with their quotes, my company is not going to be the cheapest company. I can guarantee you that. But it's also not going to be the most expensive company. But it's going to be the most bang for your buck having one person follow you all the way through, you know, walking you through everything, making sure you're not feeling like pushed or pressured and making sure you're getting exactly what you want, especially because we even offer um, free 3D renderings for every project.
1: That's awesome, too.
0: Yeah. So you get to see real life. I mean, like
1: what it's going to look like before it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've been I've been doing this a while. And honestly, I still look at houses sometimes and be like, uh, uh, does, is that going to look good? So instead, what I'll do is we'll take all the measurements after that first consultation, which is free. First consultation is free. I mean, all the consultations are free. Um, Go to the first consultation, figure out what the client wants, take the measurements, walk them through, um, you know, good paving versus bad paving. Give them kind of like an informative process, right, just to help them better select, you know, whoever they're actually going to have ball and chain with. Um, and then ultimately once you leave uh, within 24 hours of your consultation you will receive an email with a 3d rendering which is going to be that's a
1: quick turnaround time wow
0: it's no one else that's awesome. business does it like that every other company it takes like two weeks to get your estimate back
1: yeah and not just an estimate but a actual 3d rendering it's yeah like,
0: a personalized one you
1: just talked through this whole thing and within the next day you know what it's going to look like yep that, and
0: that's how advantageous we are about winning your business.
1: Yeah. And that sounds like it would be just very, very good for helping you help them make the decision quickly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you got to think all these people came by and they told them, all right, here's a square and 45 lights and not really, and a fire pit. Here you go. 15 grand. And they're like, okay. And they draw it on a piece of paper and it, looks okay and I guess you could see it, but with us the 3D renderings are to scale. So once uh the designer goes home or not home, goes back to the office, uh, after they're in our in our clients' homes, they will work on the 3D renderings. So they will uh basically upload an exact blueprint of their exact house that they took all the measurements of and the depth. So we'll take the depth of your yard as well. Um, There are other companies uh, that I won't name that are – that. there's one actual company that's uh, quite larger than us, and they do it as well. But they actually make you go get a surveyor to come and, like, do that stuff for you. Uh, So it kind of knocks out the hard part for us. But we'll go in. We'll take all the measurements, put it in the 3D rendering. It will be to scale. And then we will design it how you see fit. And we might even give you a couple different options like, oh, I know you were on the fence about this thing. So actually I did it this way. To show you both, and then it's two scales. So if I fit like sixteen lawn chairs on there, like Adirondack chairs, you can fit sixteen Adirondack chairs on there. If I fit like uh, your outdoor kitchen, three bar stools, and uh, a little place for your puppy to take a nap, like uh, we've built like a um, um, little like shower areas and stuff like that. But um, if you see it in real life. You can
1: actually visualize it. And not everyone is able to visualize things in that way. You know, people's brains and thoughts work differently, obviously. Some people have the gift of being able to visualize something, like, just by hearing about it. Like, kind of be able to visualize the design. But for those who do not necessarily think in that way and and are not necessarily... Design oriented, but it's probably very, very helpful in that way.
0: Yeah, that's actually exactly why we do the three D renderings. Most people are are visual people, right? You can't just tell someone who doesn't work in your field. For example, if you're a doctor, you're like, we have to do an emergency thoracotomy, and they're like, what does that mean? It's like, oh, when you take the rib and you do this of the lateral side of this, and you're gonna be like, well, what does that even mean, right? Like English, please, right? Um, or if you hear like a bunch of math or lawyer talk, right? So if you're not a designer, which You're probably not if you're calling us out there, right? Or maybe you are and you just don't have time to do your own home, whatever, right? And you don't have the time. You don't really, like, know what that person is saying to you is not going to be translated, even if it's English, because it is English. It's not going to be translated the way you're taking it. Because when I say the word retaining wall, people think that I mean, like, a seating wall. No, a retaining wall is what keeps dirt in. And I'll
1: be honest. I understand neither of those. So I would need— I would need to see it.
0: Exactly. I'm a good example there. You can show the pictures or you can say, hey, listen, your uh, yard has a 13-inch slope. You're going to need like two and a half lines of retaining wall. They're like, what? A line? What's a line? What's going on? And then once you show them on 3D rendering, you're like, look at how your yard goes and you need to build it up. And they're like, oh, okay. It helps for functionality, but then it also helps them see like, oh, wow, actually, if we did put a pergola there, it would really open up the area. And then we could move this to here, do this here. And once they see it, they start realizing, like, how much more they need it, too. And then they're like, oh, my God, they're married to it. They're like, oh, this is mine. Like, I have to have this built now. It just it sells itself. And that's like the main reason why we don't sell, because if you want to buy, buy. If you don't, then don't. But if you want it done right and you want it at a fair price you're gonna call us and that's pretty much it
1: i like the whole note of the 3d renderings and it actually just reminded me of like the and this is a, obviously a much more dumbed down simple version of this but the the feature that amazon has now where if you if you have like a little piece of furniture or like a decoration yeah you can like yeah. you can see it transposed into your room and actually, you can see the size and like how it'll actually look And I think that helps actually make that decision a lot more. There's been things that I've bought because I was like, well, this seems like something I would probably have to go to the store and see in person to really know whether it would work in this room. But if I could just see it in person, then I'm like, oh, well, it works. Let's go.
0: So I'm actually super glad you brought that up. Um, One of our vendors actually offers that in their app. So the different types of travertine and things that they offer whether you want it to be french pattern or you want it to be another type of pattern or you want it to be you know uh 12 by 12 pieces of travertine or 24 by 12 pieces of travertine they actually offer you to take a picture of like the space like the pool deck or whatever the case may be and it will put the travertine over it and you'll actually see real time the color the size and the pattern So that's another one of the things that we offer uh, our clients with uh, one of our partnered vendors.
1: Really just a lot of ways to visualize the project so that you know it's going to be what you want.
0: Exactly. I just, you know, we want people to be absolutely sure that this is what they want because it's not about, you know, selling you. It's, It's about making sure that two years down the line, you still love us so much that you're still handing out our business cards to all of your neighbors and friends and whoever and you know it's funny because like you know we get invited to like our clients like barbecues and like I've been invited to a I've been invited to a, um, a wedding ceremony once and um, it's 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 a great time it's it's great networking um, which is actually one of the bigger points of you know starting the company was just being able to be networked that I feel like there is networking is just so downplayed like people say yeah networking is so important but it's been said so many times like networking is important networking is important that everyone's like. Yeah, 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 I get it. But, like, are you actually networking?
1: So I, this begs a good question that can kind of be used as, I think, a jumping-off point to make the point that it sounds like you're about to make. What does networking mean to you?
0: Networking to me means having friends. Because my only friends are friends that are doing the same things that I'm doing. So, um, you know, friends who start podcasts and other companies on their own uh friends that own other construction companies friends that own granite companies uh friends that own magazines you know david Permenter, he actually owns uh be local uh saint saint augustine uh be local nocatee and stroll world golf village which are, are actually three of the largest magazines to date in uh saint john's ponte Vedra, saint augustine ponte Vedra beach Nocatee area so that whole area that's my playground and David Permenter owns that magazine and just being friends with him you know there have been so many times where I've told him like hey you should like you know talk to this person and he tells me hey well we actually want you to be to do a two-page spread so actually in the August issue that just came out I believe the 15th through the 20th in uh, Stroll World Golf Village we have a two-page spread um, about me and the company and like how everything started and things of that nature so you know it's great publicity but also you know me and my project managers go to dinner with David Renter and his wife all the time. We hang out and we talk about their summers in uh, uh, Hungary and uh, Italy and like all these different places and it's it's just surrounding yourself by people who are doing the same things that you're doing and making sure that anytime you can help them in any way you are extending that off Olive Branch because what good is this world if you're just successful all by yourself? You know, you want other people to be just as successful like that doesn't harm you that doesn't take money out of your pocket it's not doing anything you're being a good person you're being a good friend and in turn uh david Permentary, like he's been such a great help with everything uh john over at the home magazine um just all those different guys i mean they're just they're amazing right um we're able to come on your podcast we have a friend andy over at varns media great
1: um, guy i know him
0: yeah i know <laughs> something about that guy
1: yeah uh you can find his podcast that I did. So his actually was interviewed number four. You can find that right here, or in the show notes if you're listening on audio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Andy, he actually uh, passed along um, his real estate agent, his commercial real, real estate agent, um, uh, to us, and he actually helped us find the space, which was amazing because you know finding an office space is already just. Such a conundrum.
1: We wanted to get into that, too. We were talking a little bit off air about that. And to kind of wrap up the the networking talk, I just want to say it sounds like what I'm kind of getting from your talk about networking is that you have been able to position yourself by just having a lot of great connections that are in the areas of in areas adjacent to things that you're working in. You've been able to help those people, which in turn has allowed them to you know, find ways to help you back. And that's And it's been not very always helpful.
0: about that because honestly it just feels good. Like for example, my financial advisor, Steve Strom, I mean that guy's an amazing guy. And any time I meet someone who's also a fellow business owner that's having trouble with like, you know, financials and just, you know, figuring out better ways to do things, uh, whether it be, you know, uh life insurance, taxes, whatever I send them to Steve, and I'm like, "You gotta talk to this guy. This guy's great. He knows the ins and outs of the law. Like, this guy is the guy you want to talk to."
1: He absolutely is, and if you want to find him, <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to find everyone, his podcast, it's right here or in the show notes as well. Yeah, also a great guy.
0: So uh, like Andy with Barnes Media, I mean, he helped us set up the website. I mean, he was such a great help. And even on top of that, he put me in contact with Luke Fieldman, who owns his own uh, commercial real estate uh, place. And he actually got us the office we're in now. And it was actually a really quick turnaround time. From the time I decided that I was going to start my own company, it took about one week to get into contact with Luke. And it took two weeks, no, one more week after that. To find the place and one more week after that to have everything signed sealed and delivered and that's actually
1: insane because I have a little bit of experience finding commercial real estate myself, finding this place, finding the studio. Yeah, and it took a lot longer than that. It probably took a month and a half at least of like reaching out to people. I I mean, I had other things I was doing on the side that were taking up some of my time, but I, I can't make this point enough. Like it takes a lot of work to do that. You have to reach out to a lot of people and they're and, not
0: all networked with each other. It's so weird. Commercial real estate is like so much more independent than like residential real estate. It really
1: is. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of cross-selling going on in yeah. residential real estate. Exactly. I don't think there's I don't think there's necessarily stuff like that that happens. I don't know it as well as residential, but I I as far as I know, there's not necessarily as much stuff like that happening. So like you it's a good point. It's very independent.
0: Yeah, and Luke was amazing. I mean, he was responsive, he was efficient. Uh, he found me the office space. Literally he found me the office space like the first day I spoke to him and we went and toured day two, all the office spaces. Day three, I told him which one I wanted. Day four, we put in an aggressive offer. It was going up, I believe maybe like ten, and I think we offered twelve or something like that for a square foot.
1: Like twelve ten or twelve dollars per square foot basically. I think they
0: wanted ten and we offered twelve.
1: Yeah. It's a good and offer.
0: I remember being on the phone with Luke and being like Luke. When I told you I would tell you when I found the one like this is the one I want it he's like yeah well man if you would have called me last week uh, it would, that would have been fine we would have had it signed sealed and delivered today unfortunately this week we have five other people interested five other companies as of yesterday and today who have all put in offers and I said what why oh, wow. why this one this one's mine like I I have to have this exact office I have what to was have it, it about it I mean, it's the location, it's being close to our clients, it's being close to my own home, it's being close to the paver yard, it's the fact that it's a really, really nice establishment, it's the fact um, of the the layout of the office. It had, like, almost 400 square feet of, of warehouse space, and, like, flexi-sexy spaces are, like, slim to none right now. It's insane. So it was actually super, super hard to find one. And while Luke was calling and finding out, I may or may not have had me and uh, my two project managers driving all around Jacksonville, Florida, and stopping street by street into every single commercial building up and down Phillips Highway.
1: You got to do it sometimes. And
0: Bay Meadows and St. Johns, and spent six full days, and I believe about seven hundred and eighty-six dollars worth of gas. <laughs> Holy shit! In a Ford and afford i didn't even drive my car i god forbid i wouldn't even want to know what that price tag was going to say um writing down every single one and calling them and luke calls me he's like are you calling random real estate agents i'm like yeah and he's like well they're calling me about you and i'm like i just want to get on the ball man like i just want to help i want to help you like Mm -hmm. you're making the commission but like i do not mind having my guys and me in the field like doing what we need to do you know like yeah It's it's you
1: do really have to go all in on it. It's crazy. You do. I was sharing a little bit of my experience. I probably talked to between five and ten different real estate agents like commercial real estate agents before I even was able to get an actual phone call with someone.
0: So with Luke, actually, I'm like a pretty good judge of character. I would like to say I am. Um, As soon as I met him, I knew I knew he was no BS. I knew he was going to get right to the bunch. And I told him I was like, you have exclusivity and you're going to be the person I sign with. Even if I find something that another real estate agent gives me, I will be signing it with you and it will be your contract. So uh, that, that goes to show as well. Like, you know, when you meet good, uh, good, good work, you got to keep them, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you got to do to keep them on board. You got you do, gotta what it do takes. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So we've talked a little bit about you finding the space and choosing it. I would also like to talk a little bit about what the process has been so far because you found the space a little bit ago and you've actually been working on building it out a little bit and designing it. What has that process been like?
0: <laughs> oh my god. The bill ah oh jeez. So, usually when you get into an office space, they give you the option, right? Uh, do you want us to do the paint and carpet or maybe if they offer you like LVT, which is like not being offered right now cuz it's about $4 and change a square foot. LVT. Uh, that? luxury vinyl uh okay. uh planks.
1: Okay. Cool.
0: So, uh, so it's just, or a luxury luxury vinyl tile or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So they're like planks tiles. I mean, they, they come in both, right? And it's like fake, fake stuff that you put down. It's supposed to be like cheaper and mm-hmm. it's flipping not.
1: It's really? Not okay. It's
0: like, it's, it's so popular right now, it's gotten so expensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but okay. they either do it for you or if you want it really customized, which I mean, <laughs> uh, a, a designer signed this lease and her other designers who work with her are also living in this lease. So let's just say that probably
1: going to be kind of customized.
0: I would yeah. Think. Let's yeah. just say that designers are going to want to design their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so we came in and we looked around and I said, okay, we're going to do this and this and this and this and all these ideas. Um, I'm a big like task person. I, I like to write things down. So I was like, we're going to do this and, this and this and this and this and this. And, you know, of course, like uh, my project manager, Adnan, like that guy's, Man, I cannot give that guy more credibility. Like, he is on the freaking ball. Even when, like, I'm not, like, on the ball. Like, let's say something just slipped my mind for a second. That guy's like, do you remember, like, June 7th, 2002, when you promised that one guy to do the the free thing with the fire pit in the glass? And I'm like, yes. There's a
1: good note in there about finding people. If you're going to be working with someone, whether they be someone that's a business partner or an employee – just looking for people that are very one very conscientious like they just really have it all together they've got they're on the ball like that Self awareness self-awareness conscious conscientiousness and also anticipating needs if they're an employee it sounds like he has been very good at anticipating your needs and helping you out
0: admin has been i would say nothing less than like sent from heaven. Seriously, like I never thought I would meet somebody who was like as business oriented as me and as like conscientious of their like, you know, actions and how things can affect you in the future than Adnan has. Adnan has owned companies on the side before and um, Adnan actually left uh, doing logistics to come and follow me into this this endeavor. Um, I promise him. Seems like him, a good
1: bearing actually. It yeah, seems like so, a good background. So he
0: was—he was like the manager. He was something super big. I, I, I apologize for my ignorance on on the topic. I'm, I've never been in logistics, but I know that he wasn't like the guy who calls and like makes the sales. But he was like managing like groups and teams and stuff. So that made me, you know, see that he was like, you know, obviously managerial material because I made him my project manager, and you know that comes with a lot of territory. And I can safely say that Adnan treats this company as if it was his own. And it surprises me every day that, like, he gets up and, like, he wants to make this thing work, like, almost more than I want to make it work. And he left a life in logistics, which he knew everything about. And he's been owned, he's owned companies, you know, in logistics before and came into this ultimately new field that he has no idea, not even the smidgen of a clue, of pavers. I mean, I didn't know anything when I, when I first started construction. Like, obviously, no one does, right? I was in a different field. I was in a medical field. And then I switched to construction. And it was the sales but it was much much different right and with him he's just so on the ball and like you know he makes sure that the things that need to get done are done and he's just my little IT guy and he just like knows everything about everything and it's I in in my hopes I hope to cultivate it to where Adnan eventually becomes a partner with me in other endeavors because that's how much I believe in him as a human being.
1: It's a great endorsement. I I think that's a really great setup to have is just having someone working for you that you want there for the long term that can grow with the company. And and I really don't
0: even see it as Adnan working for me. Adnan works with me. I don't see it as like, I mean, of course, like I own the company and like I'm his boss, but like in my head, that's not the way I treat him. I don't come in every day like I'm your boss. I'm like, hey, like I don't even need to ask him. You're a team. Did you get this done? It's done. If I give him a list, I'm like this, this and this needs to be done every week for the next six years. He'll be like, Done. Every week he'll be like, I don't need even need to bring up the list Monday morning. Hey, did that list get done last week? It's just how was your weekend? Oh um, man, you did that? That's crazy. You have to come on the on the boat with me this weekend. Like I have a jet ski, let's take the jet skis out, this and that. And that's how it is. And you know, we do a lot of um, you know, a lot of a lot of things like that together. And, you know, I've I've helped uh Adnan even get into contact with like Steve Strum and stuff like that to make him his financial advisor to make sure that, you know, when he chose to jump in this endeavor with me he's also taking care of himself on the financial side and having someone who is able to advise him um, on those kinds of things so I want to make sure that he's set up for life and doesn't make and make sure he doesn't make the mistakes that I made when I first started out and all of that is not because I want him to stay working for me that's not it it's because I actually want to help him and I respect him as an individual and how much drive he has like he is the main counterpart of his family and like you know, he's, he's the provider and he's the guy to go to. And, you know, he has like his mom and his, his brother and um, a couple kitty cats. Uh, but ultimately like that guy wants to succeed more than he wants to live. And I respect that so much that it makes me want to do everything in my power to make sure he is like just as successful as me, if not more.
1: Well, that's awesome. It's great to have people like that on your team. And it sounds like he's going to be a great, Member of your team going forward for a long time. Oh, he's such an
0: asset. He's such an asset for sure. I, I hope that him and I can continue to cultivate and, you know, with some of my other project managers and you know, sales guys um, and saleswomen, of course. Uh, I want them also to be just as successful. So when they start with us, the majority of our people are 1099, of course, independent contractors. Um, so I make sure that they're set up with LLCs and then we help them switch their LLCs to S-Corps and then we get them in the contact with the financial advisor. And then we get them in contact with uh, their own accountant, not our accountant, that could be any accountant, but we help them. Like I make it to where your first week at work is you starting your LLC, you understanding how the company works, you turning your LLC into an S corp, if if you want, it totally up to you. And if you want to be W two, that's totally fine as well. But most,
1: it's funny. VBR I had someone he uh there. helping me out with my company earlier this year, and he ended up finding it was kind of just a part time role. He was graduating college, and he ended up getting a really awesome full time role coming out of college. But when he was helping me out, I actually gave him that option too. Like, the, do you want to be a W two or do you want to be LLC? Like, I, I think that's a really good note. It's a good thing to offer if you're bringing on someone to help you out with your company, because it can really help empower someone to learn how a company is run and how that works.
0: I think it's a phenomenal way to get their toes dipped into, you're not always going to be my my designer. Okay. You're not always going to be my sales rep and you're not always going to be my project manager. What's going to happen is you're going to help cultivate this company and you're going to make sure that you treat it just like it's your own. Right. And you hire, you help hire and you help run it as you would your own, right? Hire people that you think could run it. Multiply yourself. And then eventually, when you are ready to fly out of the nest, I want to help you fly out of the nest, whether it be um, partnering a different endeavor together. Oh, what if we started this kind of company? You know what? You're the perfect guy to do it. Let's take you out of this company and this company will be 50-50 partners, whatever the case may be. I want them to grow. Basically, we want to help them cultivate themselves. So the first week, um, it's helping them understand, like, do you want to do a W-2 or do you want to do a 1099? Okay. If you want to do W-2, here's what you need to know about this. Again, complete transparency. If you want to go 1099, here's what you need to do. We'll need to get you an LLC, help you get an LLC. We'll need to help you. If you want to turn your LLC into an S-Corp, it'd be smarter. If not, totally fine. Up to you. But we will provide you with those resources. Okay. Well, now you need an account. Someone's going to have to do your taxes. Do you want to do them yourself? No. Okay. Okay. Well, here are a couple accounts that I've worked with before. Here's my personal account if you want to do that. If you don't want to do that, totally fine. Your dad's friend, your dad's friends account, your dad's account, whatever the case may be. And then at that point in time, you know, we start helping you understand um how the company works. But first and foremost, you help them grow themselves because when you pay people just a little bit more than other people pay them and you give them a lot more respect than other people give them and you trust them because you trust in yourself that you've chosen this person you've done the right decision making you made the right decision choosing them then ultimately they will get up every single day and they will go the extra mile for you and they will go the extra mile for our clients and sometimes clients are a little needier and that's and that's fine and they need their hands held and that's fine too. And my designers and my sales reps, they want to do that for you. Even my guys in the field, right? There was like this older woman, right? And like the, the, you get done doing their project and you know, it's supposed to be like nothing on the project, like no tables, no chairs, nothing. And like they helped like bring in these like plants to like put them back into the, the sunroom exactly how she had them because she's older. And you know, when do you hear about construction guys? you know, redesigning your little flowers, you know, but they want to do that. They want to come in on a Saturday for one hour because their client can only close on a Saturday and no other day because they're going to Hawaii tomorrow for two months.
1: Empowering them to make the choices and live the the daily kind of work life that is going to take the company that much further.
0: Exactly. And in turn, when you treat your clients with respect and full transparency, and you're not just BSing them, you're providing them with a service that they call us for. Like, I'm not cramming it down your throat. You're calling me. You're asking me to come out. Like, we're doing, you know, you the favor in helping design, it, and you're doing us the favor by letting us design it, right? So it's it's it has to be like that, I believe, in your personal life, in your relationships. Um, like any boyfriend I've ever had, like, that's how it's been. Like, you know, all like on your bad days, like I'll do a couple extra things to make your day a little bit better. And on my bad days, you'll do a couple things to make sure my day is a little bit better. And that's just how it should be. It's like, we've gotten into this world where everyone's just worried about like someone else being more successful than them. And like, you have to like tear someone else down. You don't have to do that. If you just help empower people and you are confident in your abilities, no one's going to tear you down. If you are confident in your abilities, you have those abilities not that guy not John Doe no one you have those abilities you got hired to do this thing the only thing that's going to make you go down the wrong path is when you start looking at whose grass is greener on the other side the grass is green where you water and fertilize it not where you're looking at it
1: so i want to go back to a point that you made a little bit earlier in the conversation you were kind of talking just briefly in passing about all these different tasks that you had as you were getting ready to start the company and kind of launching things off you mentioned, uh, well, this is something we talked a little bit off air about, but you mentioned that you had just this extensive list of things that you knew you needed to do. And you actually had a very unique way of going about setting up a visual way of assessing those tasks. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So like we said before, people are visual people, right? Like human beings are just visual beings. And I also am a visual person. So I feel like my brain always goes at like 600,000 miles an hour and there's like, all these important things and tasks and things that need to be done. But then what happens with like my ADHD is like I will get overwhelmed if all the thoughts are flying around and they're not like organized. So what I'll do is I'll make a list. I make lists for everything, trips, uh, you know, business, groceries. Like I'll make a list of everything I have to do that day, even on my Saturdays. Like, oh, I'm going to walk the dog, go to, you know, this place, that place, do all these things. So I actually, when I decided to start the company, I was, like, a frantic human being. I, like, was insane. It's a big decision. Well, yeah, that, and I mean, it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to start something like this. And I thought about going the route of getting a loan from a bank. But unfortunately, most banks... I remember
1: you talking about that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so unfortunately, most banks are relationship bankers, and they want you to have... You know, been in business for this many, this many years. You can't just be like, oh, hey, I've been doing this for X amount of years, and now I'm just doing it on my own. Finance me. They're gonna be like, no. Uh, So instead, uh, I actually put all of my own money into the company, which was my entire life savings, which I guess is just a recap of what I did with Gator Dogs in college. Worked
1: out well in that case.
0: Uh, And it's been going pretty well here, too. So uh, uh, you go all in when you know it's all in, right? So what I actually did is I grabbed my project managers and I was like all right, this is what needs to get done. You know, when you've done the rodeo once, it's easy to do the rodeo twice, right? So I was like, all right, in order to have the business legally, we need to have this, 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 and this, okay? Then the next day what I did is I had a sit-in. I actually had our company lawyer come in and do a sit-in. This and this and this and this and this is what you need. And then, okay, I'm like, okay, we need a general contractor's license. Okay, okay, we need that. Went, spoke to a good friend of mine, Charlie. So Charlie is actually uh, who has um, accredited our business with our certified building contractor's license. So it's a
1: huge accomplishment by the way. I know that was, that was the thing we'd talked about off air before a a good bit. And it's a difficult thing to get. We can get into that a little bit more. I want to kind of finish the point you're on now, kind of save that for later, but that was a huge accomplishment. Congrats on that.
0: Thank you. That's actually like the biggest accomplishment, um, you can get. So, um, I was like, okay, we need this and this and we need guys and we Trucks and we need magazines and we need to get in all these things. We need to do all these things. And I was just like, oh my God, I think I'm going to just overheat and just like plop. And the guys were there and I was just like, Adnan, grab me some sticky notes. And he's like, w- what? And I was like, Emin, go start, find the biggest wall in the house. And he's like, are you, like, do you need some water? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. find the biggest wall. Find the biggest wall. I'm frantic. I'm running around the house. I'm like, this, we're in my house at this time. And I'm like, just running around. He finds the biggest wall. He's like, there's like six paintings on this thing. I'm like, yeah, rip them off. He's like, what? I'm like, rip them off. I'm running around the house. I run downstairs to the garage. I go grab this blue masking tape and my laser leveler, and I put it up on the wall, and I level up, like, four different sections Um and they're like, what is she doing? She's crazy. And then I start taking the sticky notes and I just look like just have you ever watched a cartoon where someone's doing something so fast or they're like fighting and it becomes like this cloud of like you just see arms. Yeah. That's what people were seeing. I was just like. Tsh, 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 tsh. Yeah. And I was writing sticky notes. I'm like, Adnan, I need a Sharpie right now. This one broke. And I'm like, tsh, tsh, tsh. and I make like a bunch of sticky notes and I start putting them up and I'm like. Uh, prior, uh back burner, intermediate priority. And done. Those
1: are the four categories of where a task could be. Yeah,
0: where a task could be on hours, and then I color coordinated it by sticky notes. So priority was red, intermediate was blue, back burner was yellow, and done was green. Right. So then, like, I had all these sticky notes, and I'm just a sticky note person. When I was in college, I had sticky notes like freaking flying out of my car just to remind me. Because I worked in the hospital and I was on my way to med school, so I'm like, you know, terms and definitions everywhere. And, um, and, I, and I write up all these sticky notes and we start putting them on the wall, putting them on the wall, putting them on the wall. And it's funny because this wall started like just fueling us to just be like absolute animals and come in every single day. The company was open and legally operational and had all the checks and, and dashes in three weeks.
1: That's insane.
0: In three weeks.
1: And while we're talking about the wall, in preparation for talking about the Post-it Note wall, I actually have some pictures of it that I'm going to show. So if you're watching on video, we've got (laughs) pictures of the before and after of the wall. (sighs) So oh. this is kind of where you had things initially, right? This was the before on the yeah. left side here.
0: The people watching are going to think I'm a crazy person. <laughs> they're they're not going to want to work with me. I, I look insane.
1: So these are your four sections.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is back burner. That's intermediate. That's priority. And some priority things are priority, but not for this week. So they're intermediate priority. So they're even like sub-sub-categorized, and then that's done. And then over there to the right, that was actually right when we moved into our office.
1: This is kind of the after picture of, yeah, you said once you moved into the office and you can see
0: Everything a lot is of done. tasks
1: have moved to the right side, which means everything's done.
0: Yeah. And the only things that were still in like the priority were like the things for the office that were getting done. And we were doing that that week. And, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So that's, that's what it looks like done. And it actually just felt so good. So I had the guys like, if Adnan completed something, I'd be like, Adnan, did you like, did you get us like, uh, Microsoft set up on the computer? That was like one of the tasks. He's like, yeah, I got us a key, and I even did this and then this, and saved us like fifty percent off. I'm like, perfect. Do you want to take your sticky off the wall? And he'll <laughs> be like, yeah.
1: It's a, it's an empowering thing having that tactile feedback. Oh, it just, t- it something. feels
0: so good just to rip it off and put it on the mm-hmm. done side. It just. Ah.
1: It just like helps you visualize suits my soul. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the, the fabled post-it note wall that really brought your company into existence.
0: Yeah. We actually have cool this stuff. exact picture framed in the office.
1: That's awesome. <laughs>
0: this is where it started. And actually it's, it's all three of us uh, at the bottom, the three, you know, people who started the company, uh, me and my two project managers, Adnan Masik and Emin Helilich and, uh, we were sitting in front of this wall and we're like, yeah, it's done. And, you know, when that final sticky hit the right side, it was like anarchy in my yeah, house. I I, we got a complaint from like the neighbor. <laughs> they're like, hey, what what's going on? Like, why, why are they screaming?
1: Yeah. Someone
0: knocked on the door and we're like, we just started the best company to ever touch this earth. Like, we're good. <laughs> it's funny because so week one. Uh, in the company, we actually uh, had one of my old graphic designers, Alani. She helped us with like the design, and then uh, Andy was helping us. Andy with Varns Media, so Varns Media was actually helping us with the website. And some um, some older clients of mine were helping us where they could. Uh, our lawyers were working on you know what legally needed to be done, and uh, Charlie and I. I actually met Charlie week two. Uh, me and Charlie actually the uh, our contractor, um, our certified building contractor, Charlie who actually got us our license uh, and CBC number. Thank you to Charlie. Uh, The man, the myth, the legend, uh, we sat down and listed all the things that need to be done. Uh, By week three, we had signed on the office, had everything legally done that we needed. So I'm talking like licensing, bonding, insurance, this, that, the other you know, signed the office, did all that stuff. We found the place where we're going to get our supplies and signed some contracts. And I found two teams that we were going to work with. Uh, We started off with just the paper teams. And then I found our pergola team. And I just was piecing together all those different people that were necessary to make this company function. And by week three, we had turned in our application to Tallahassee, to the state of Florida, to for AY Luxury Designs to be a certified building contractor. And for those who don't know, um, a certified building contractor is a contractor that can build you a house up to three stories. So it's a pretty big deal. That's yeah. pretty much as high as you go um, in, in that world.
1: Did you initially expect that you were going to get that license specifically, or were there a couple different options to accomplish what you need to with the company specifically
0: so that's actually a really good question um so there are two types of main contractors there is a certified general contractor and there is a certified building contractor so a general contractor can build you a house up to whatever stories and a uh, building contractor can build you a house up to three stories so that's pretty much the only big difference between the two but they're basically the same Um, in the sense that you can pull all your permits, do all your stuff, it's all legal. You're not illegal contracting, which is a big thing that we had to go over with our lawyers as well. Um, So basically it was just triumphant. Like the sticky notes just fueled us. Like we came in every day and we were like, we wanna take as many sticky notes off this as possible. A sticky note on there was buying like proper desktops. Mm that seems so simple, but if it's not on paper, it's going to be forgotten. That's what I tell my guys.
1: You ever do something and then add a sticky note because you forgot to yeah. add it just to have like an extra little piece of tactile. Feedback? I mean, that's what we, that we thought was my...
0: important at first. And then that's what ended up being yeah, important in the Yeah, it's a lot end. more
1: stuff. I, yeah. uh, that's so funny. I make to do lists a lot for my days and I like to have like a physical piece of paper. Yeah, that's what I was I saying can. I
0: do. Yeah.
1: And I will find myself literally adding something that I already did just to just because I'm like, all right, I know this will give me a little bit more momentum in my day. Like yeah. I'm just like I did this already, but if I write it down and then check it off, just kinda like it it gets you kicking a little bit
0: more. Yeah. So in college, because I'm a, you know, mentally unstable human being who has to have everything <laughs> to be like you know properly done um all jokes all jokes for sure but um what I would do is I'd print out this piece of paper and it was like the to-do list for the day so it had everything um separated into like times, so like from 7 a.m to 5 p.m and on the side it was like important notes and super important notes and then I would like write down at the bottom like all the things I had to do and then I would put the things on there that were like non-negotiable like my class is at seven this is at eight this is at nine whatever um I have practice soccer practice I played You know uh college soccer and practice at 6 p.m whatever the case may be so i listed everything and then i would put the things that were the utmost important in between where i thought they would fit and then the things that weren't as important later on in the day when my momentum was a little bit lower so Um, if
1: it doesn't get done for whatever reason it's not as big of a deal as the other ones not getting done
0: exactly but when you start your day with the important stuff where you have all the momentum you're you know you're good to go um for the for the rest of the day so that's actually what ended up happening there is we would come in and, you know, I, I can't even say that it didn't help because that would be just a blatant lie. Like I would see in Emin's eyes every time he'd pull a sticky note off and put it on to done. He'd be like,
1: Ooh. yeah, just gives you that extra feeling and like I wouldn't you do it really for him. finished it.
0: And I wouldn't do it for him. So if they accomplished the sticky note, they took it off and put it on. Like even if they were like went home that day because they were sick, they would come back tomorrow and take it off. Like no one would do it on their behalf. Yeah, that's your trophy. That's your sticky
1: that's awesome
0: Uh, i think it's super important for um, me to have personal relationships with all of uh, my employees just like you know having those weekly meetings with them having those monthly meetings and i actually had um (laughs) it's funny because uh me emin and adnan are who started this company right so it was my idea i was like oh gotta go do you know um my own thing and Adnan was like dude you gotta do your own thing like this would be huge I'm gonna follow you every step of the way and whatever else so when we moved into the office you know back when um they gave us the option like you either get ten thousand dollars to spend on the paint and floors or we do it for you and Adnan was like Amani don't get it done let's do it together and I'm like Adnan why would we Put ourselves in a position where we are doing manual labor for, like, a week, two weeks. Like, this is hard labor. You're talking about knocking down walls. I'm not certified to knock down a wall. I mean, okay, actually, sorry, legally speaking, I'm certified to build you a house, uh, state certified. But uh, in my head, I was like, what am I doing, like, to pick up this heavy stuff? Like, well, we could just pay somebody to do it. I would do it, and he's like, Imani. Gonna build our character. It's gonna build our relationship. And we're gonna be able to say, We built this office from scratch. And then, whoop, there it goes. 10 other sticky notes on the board. Find the floors. We chose like these awesome porcelain floors, which we did not do ourselves. We got that done, but we purchased it ourselves and like brought it back to the office. And we got out there, and I had my contractor, Charlie, go out there, and he's like, You need to do this, this, and this. And then I had, um, my guy who does our woodwork uh, helped me decide how we're going to frame the wall. And I had one, all my friends come in because they are just so supportive. And in exchange, of course, because life is a business, in exchange for a 24-pack of Corona, I got about five friends coming in. And uh, we were led by, you know, uh, someone who knew what they were doing. And uh, we were knocking down the walls, ripping up carpet. There's hardwood in the front. Like, they don't even use hardwood anymore. Everyone uses LVT. Right and like there was hardwood in the floor, like each piece weighed like like at least two or three pounds. Like of uh, that's that's a lot, and it was like sitting there forever. So we had to rent this like machine, but we spent like two weeks literally building that office from scratch. We took one of the bathrooms, made it a storage room. We ripped out all the floors in the front, the carpet, the back. You know, we epoxied the back. We did everything we knocked down walls we even helped made the new walls we even did the drywall of course again I had some drywall experts kind of come in and give us the the rundown but we wanted to do it with our bare hands and I think that is so important for the image of our company like that we want to do it from scratch if it came down to us paying to have day laborers come in and do it we literally decided to design it ourselves and not just telling them what to do we got down to the nitty-gritty. My hands were cut up for, like, weeks. It was, I've, I, I think I'm still ever so long from that point sneezing out drywall even though <laughs> I wore all the proper PPE, right? Um, but ultimately, it's just it, – it means so much when you do it with your hands. And that's why we love so much, like, making the designs from our hands and watching and following our clients – all the way to the point where like their design comes to life because every single one of my designers when they go out there and it's like the day their job gets done they always come back a little bit happier and sure it's cuz they they have a check in their hand But they are going out there, and they're posting on their Instagrams and their Snapchats, and they're like, oh, my God, my new project. I love it. It's a sense of, like, accomplishment. You designed this. You're the freaking genius who designed this. You and your client made this, and this is work all of your own. And it comes back to our original podcast. Click link here.
1: Right there. Right Uh, up there in the corner.
0: It comes back to our original podcast of, like, that instant gratification. It's not instant. Like, it's delayed. It's del- it's so delayed. When we do screens, it takes, like, two, three months to get a screen done, not because of the lack of effort, but the city, I mean, it takes God knows how long for them to get up and approve something. But ultimately, like, that is what our company is centered around. It's doing it ourselves and making sure it gets done right the first time around.
1: I love that. Yeah. So this is that's the sticky note wall. Another thing I wanted to cover with you that we kind of just passed through fairly quickly, but I would like to talk about a little bit more. It's just the process of getting into magazines because you've gotten yourself into, you mentioned earlier, you've gotten the company into five magazines. What was the decision process kind of behind deciding to do that? Has that been something you had experience in before or is it something kind of new to you? And let's talk about, I guess, what led you to do that and then the process of doing it.
0: Sure, so I think the first thing to touch on that would be the most important is to understand that not all sales is sales. There's like car sales, there's this sales, that sales, home sales, and then there's sales of uh, cell phone cases at the mall, right? So there's all different types of sales that you can do. And you have to understand that each sales, each type of sales and each commodity comes with a different type of client, right? So first and foremost, you have to understand your clients. Our demographic is, I mean, the youngest I've ever had was like 27 year olds uh married couple 27 um i forget their names but they were they were really really young and they were awesome to deal with but the majority of our clients are in like their mid to late 30s more than likely in their 40s 50s 60s and onwards so you have to understand what those clients even want or what their day-to-day lifestyle looks like well uh you have to figure out that their day-to-day lifestyle more than likely this is not ageism it's more than likely not spending it on tiktok and instagram all day long. It's more than likely like, okay, these home magazines came in the mail. Okay, well, we got to like read the home magazine and see what's going on. Because let, let's think about it this way. You live in a gated community or not in a gated community, whatever the case may be. You live where you live. And um, obviously your neighbors are getting work done, right? You want to get work done as well. You want to upkeep your house. Maybe you have to change out the kitchen. Maybe you even have to go so far as the wife wants to redo the entire house, right? Who are you going to call? You can Google, sure, but for decades there have been these special little magazines that show up to your house that's just like a bunch of jillions of contractors or not contractors, labor workers, whatever – you know you know advertising and like saying hey this is our stuff
1: local like they're you know they're they're going to be local
0: exactly and obviously they're credible because they're inside the magazine so at that point in time like you know they had to be you know vetted in some way i'm not saying they're the most credible human beings it's
1: the boomer version of a blue check
0: exactly yes so that's exactly what it is you know for decades you've had you know these magazines come to people's doors and you know who's reading magazines homeowners who's on tiktok kids teens early 20s, late 30s, whatever, but the majority is like the younger crowd, right? So you have to isolate your crowd. We isolated that, okay, this is who our crowd is, this is what's going on, this is what needs to happen, this is how we're gonna reach them. So like, you know, just like we had um, a team of lawyers draft up like uh, our NDAs and non-competes for all new hires, we also had a team that sat there and really thought about who we're marketing, and what we're doing, and we've kind of just analyzed it down to a science of like who we're going after, what we're doing, and kind of like the best way to do it, right? All the while keeping in mind that the most important job that we have is creating happy memories for people, right? So why are we building them the patios? It's because they want to enjoy this patio for years to come with their kids and their kids' kids, and they want to have you know, their grandchildren. So years down the line, a client will send me pictures of, you know, um, you know, the patio and the kid and how much they love the design and stuff like that. And it, it just feels so good to do something that you love that is also helping other people rather than, you know, and I understand we're not, we're not doctors, we're not doing heart transplants, but we are helping people, you know, you're helping people create memories and create things that they otherwise wouldn't have without the patio.
1: I think that's the right perspective to have no matter what field you work in is that it's about helping people, especially if you work with people directly all the time. You've got any field where you have clients of any kind, if you make it about helping them get the best experience, the best thing for them, that's going to carry you in the right directions as a company.
0: And that's how I handle my company when it comes to my clients. That's how I handle my company when it comes to my employees. And that's how I handle my friendships or networking. Um, with anyone and everyone, you know, just try to do the best for them. And and in return, it's funny that in business, it's, it's hilarious, actually, joking, obviously, um, that the nicer I am, and the more honest I am, not that I was ever dishonest, but you know, the more upfront and everything that I am,
1: transparency, like you said before,
0: the more transparent I am, the more successful I am, and the more money I make. um, And it's just, You know, And that's not only – sorry, to run back to your previous point. That's not our only way of marketing, you know, the magazines. Um, Actually, this month is going to be a big month for us. So we are actually – we have a full-page spread in uh, five of the major magazines and a three-page spread.
1: And I think something that's really cool, we had talked about this, is that I think around the time this interview is coming out – we might be right in the middle of a of few of those, those coming out. Like yeah. A couple might be out already. Yeah. So if you are watching this when it's coming out, go ahead and look out for that because you might already be in those yeah. magazines.
0: Well, what they should look out for is we're gonna be doing a radio show on I think uh one oh six point nine or something like that. Oh, awesome. Um we're gonna do the radio show uh in the middle of August. We have uh the five major magazines debuting and hitting doors anywhere from um August 1st but really it's that was one of them that was the St. John's Social love working with them uh, we are on the inside back cover of the St. John Social uh, and then as for Stroll World Golf Village be local St. Augustine uh, be local uh, Nocatee uh, slash St. John's and then also the Home Magazine We're, we've been working with John um, and Mark he's the head of uh, head of their department amazing guys they've helped us a lot Um, you know, with our designs and ad work and stuff like that. And all of those magazines should be coming out from August 15th to the 20th. They should be hitting doors. But uh, in Stroll World Golf Village, uh, the owners, David Permenter, the owner of that franchise, uh, we're going to be doing a three-page spread. So it's going to be the ad and the inside front cover. Um, And all the magazines were either the inside front cover or the inside back cover. So you can't miss us.
1: Prime real estate.
0: Oh, has to be. You know, there's only one right way to do it, and it's prime um, or rare, whichever you want. To yeah. Ultimately this Stroll World Golf Village, that's going to be a two page spread about like me and my upbringing and how I came about, you know, uh, inquiring about the company and stuff like that. And then there's a full page ad. So all those things should be hitting. And then this should be coming out, uh, late August. So actually it's going to be just one thing after another.
1: Kind of a big media run, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, that's the way we like to do things. Um, you know, like I said, networking, getting in contact with those great people. Uh, like David Permenter, he does like a B2B, which is like a business to business for all the people in his magazines, like once a month, stuff like that. It's just working with people who care about what they're doing. And I've very much stopped working with people who don't care about what they're doing. Because if you don't love what you do, then you're going to be bad at it. It's true. And you're, you're just going to miss little details because you just don't care about it. And that's fine if you don't care. But, like, do something else. Do something that you care about.
1: I like that point a lot.
0: If the world had people that did more of what they cared about, it would be a less shitty place, and I put that on my last dollar. Yeah. That's a fact. They work at places that they hate, and they come in grumpy, and they go home grumpy to their spouses, and they hate it, they hate it, they hate it. Do what you love, whether it be painting, you know, making magazines, making podcasts, playing soccer, football, whatever. Just do what you love.
1: I love that. And one other point I wanted to cover with you, you kind of mentioned a little bit in passing, just some of the the different media channels. You've got this whole media run kind of planned out. What are some other things that you've done to just create a brand? Because this is something we talked a little bit about off air is you've kind of created this brand as you're opening your company. And what are some of the things that went into creating that brand?
0: So I would say a lot of like my personal morals, right? So like, me always wanting to help others. That's always been a thing of mine, which is why, you know, I do what I do with my new hires and make sure they understand their finances and understand that, okay, if if you are going to be making a little bit more money than before, let's talk about what you need to save and what you need to pay your bills with. So every single one of my employees, I'll sit down with them and I'll break down, well, this is how much you're making. Tell me what your bills are. This, this, this. It would be smart to save this, that. And I do that, like, at least, I would say, once a month with every employee. And I sit down with a personal one-on-one with every single person in the company at least once a week. And so I make sure to do that along with clients. Always make sure to see them every time there's a job going on. Uh, I stop by once a day to, to the job sites, stuff like that. But more so than that, I think manifesting is a big thing. So um, I actually have uh, what you see up here, the AY. That's actually been embroidered into all of my suits since I did medical sales. So like... <laughs> That is literally on the cuff of every single one of my suits for the longest time. That was way before I ever even thought about going into construction. And I was like, this is my brand. Like, I am going to make this something. And then the first chance I got, I was like, zoom.
1: That's the one.
0: That's it. And that's actually the logo of our company. And that's where it started.
1: The logo that you have just matches up very well with, like, the kind of luxury feeling. I think it, it looks great And on it's luxury, website. But it's
0: not, like, not affordable luxury. Like, mm-hmm. we're not charging you an arm and a leg for it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but it's not the most expensive thing. We're not, you know, we're not gouging your eyes out. It's a reasonable price, but you're also getting all around service where everything gets done in one place and you have someone to hold your hand the whole way. And this is a new endeavor and it's scary and it's not promising. And we try to make it to where it's not. So that's pretty much it. That's I love we that. Have to offer.
1: Well, there is a couple questions I ask and kind of towards the end of every interview. And one of them I've already asked you, it's, it has to do with things that you might do differently, having the wisdom that you have, if you could kind of go back in time and tell your younger self. So if you want the answer to that question, you can find it in the interview right there and just check that out if you haven't yet. But I have another question that is a newer question that I did not get to ask you last time. And that is, so the show is called Profession Session. What does being a professional mean
0: to you personally? What I think professional means, and being a professional, it's A, being aware of yourself. Okay, like you had a bad day at home, don't come in here being a butthole. To your clients, don't come in here with a hair of patience today. Like regroup, take a second, spend the morning, chill, relax, get in a better mood.
1: Get into action, but do what it But more takes. than
0: importantly, you have to understand and be self-aware that like your mood is affecting others' moods and it makes them wanna not be as excited to be here or whatever the case may be. But also being professional means anticipating when things are going to occur, you know, anticipating that, okay, I'm hiring all these people, they're gonna be this and that, maybe I should do this and this and this for them and make sure that they're set financially or they're set intellectually and things of that nature or the NDs and non-competes, everyone signs one before they start with my company because at the end of the day, like we're offering state-of-the-art stuff that no one else does and, you know, whether state-of-the-art means, like, the way we treat you or whatever happens behind closed doors, like, you know, that's our proprietary information. And, like, you know, we're going to have all the intellectual pro- – we're going to own all the intellectual properties of, of that, right? But then also, you know, not just anticipating things but also being a person that wants, like, the best because you can be, like – uh I hate to keep saying this, car salesman, because car salesmen are, are sometimes great, but everyone likes to use the term, right? They're all dressed in suits, and they all look nice, but they're all wanting to take the most money from you to make, you know, more commission or whatever the case may oh, be. Like that
1: classic archetype of just, like, the sleazy salesman that
0: Sleazy car salesman, Nothing yeah. but
1: the sale on the mind.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, that's— that you can still look professional and not be professional right you want to be professional to your clients sometimes they're going to be needy you can't just you know lose it on them and not really lose it on them but like not be as responsive because they are needy like you got to respond you know uh you got to hold their hand you got to send emails professionally you got to understand that every single person you talk to even if they seem like they don't know what they're doing and they seem like they're not good at their job you have to keep your cool and be professional because at the end of the day their boss and their boss's boss are the people that are helping your company run you know whether it be uh the people that do your accounting or the people who do your payroll like it doesn't matter right so being professional i think all around is just being self-aware self-aware of how your actions affect other people how your words affect other people and how the things that you do in your life are affecting others because this world does not revolve around you
1: We've talked a lot about your company, a lot about what you're doing. What are some of the things that are on the horizon for AY Luxury Designs going forward?
0: Uh, So a lot of things I can't say legally. Um, Fair enough. We have some exciting things coming out. Um, We are going to be partnering with quite a few people that are going to make quite a big splash in the industry. I'm going to say that much. Um, We have some people flying out from all different places to come meet us and talk about step two. Uh, which will include international territories, um, you know, supply chain, things of that nature. So we are gonna make it to where every single household has our name on it and has our plaque on it. And we are gonna make it to where if you want to be competition to us, as another company who does the same stuff we are, you're gonna have to up your game. You're gonna have to start replying to your clients. You're gonna have to start responding to emails. And you know what, funny enough, I know it's crazy. You're going to have to start answering your clients' calls. You want to go toe to toe with us? You got to start not treating your clients like crap. And that's just how it's going to be.
1: There you go. Well, Amani, anything else you would want to leave the audience with?
0: Nope. Uh, for sure. Thank you so much for having me a second time. Absolutely. sessions. Hopefully, this one is uh, just as uh, reputable as the you last one. You made a big
1: one. splash with the last one and yeah. you killed it. I yeah, think so this one has been it. awesome as well. And thank you so much for being on again. For really sure. appreciate it. Yeah. It's been. A very awesome conversation and it's very cool to just take a, a deep look at the beginnings of a company with great ambition behind it and what goes into that and some of the specifics into that it's been very cool
0: awesome well thank you so much brody absolutely Thanks again
1: absolutely right. and this has been profession session i've been your host brody Vincent. my guest has been amani Yusuf of ay luxury designs company with great ambition that does all kinds of different outdoor luxury designs and is about to make a huge splash in the industry right as this is coming out. Stay tuned for future episodes of Profession Session and also stay tuned for everything that Amani is doing with AY Luxury Designs. If you're listening on audio, go ahead and check out the show notes for links to her website and everything else that she's doing. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and just check the description for the same thing. And until next time, this has been Profession Session tuning out. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. Stay tuned for new episodes every week and short clips of deep dives into specific topics that I put out on different social media channels. We could be found on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, all major podcast platforms. You can find my guest in the details of this video or podcast. And if you happen to know a young standout business owner, professional, or entrepreneur that you would think would be a good fit for Profession Session, DM me or get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know. And they could be the next to tell their story here. Until next time, again, this has been Profession Session. Stay focused, stay hustling, and stay networking.